1: It is a Saturday morning. It is Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQAM. Welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. As always, Boyd, we have a program lined up for you two weeks away from Election Day. Two weeks away. This week, next week, our final episode before the November election. Are you ready? It is going to be, as like they say, huge, bigly. It's going to be big. So welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the show, we will talk with you here in a little bit. All of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. They're opening up on this Saturday here in just a bit at 930 until 230 this afternoon. Also online at Phil'sCoins.com. We haven't had them in studio for a few weeks. Time to get them back in. Mr. Phil Martinez, Phil, how are you, brother?
2: Just fine, sir.
1: Good to see you, as always. It is uh, finally, finally, the cooler weather. It's fall time. Yep. Halloween right around the corner, the trifecta of the holidays. This is kind of the busiest. I know it's always busy for you because you are swamped, but is it especially busy around holiday time for you?
2: No. No? We're, 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 so, we're so buried we wouldn't notice an increase if we saw it. <laughs> Lord. You're just trying to maintain right now. Main, there's no maintaining. I mean, it, surviving. it, 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 it is surviving there's no surviving <laughs> i mean i'm i'm sorry it is we're at a point that it has become beyond brutal it really yeah
1: it has gotten that crazy so we've talked we talk every couple of weeks on this show and we've talked for the last couple of years and it's been busy for you and you've always you know hung in there and you've you know, you've prepared for it we've talked so many times about how much silver and gold that you order to stay on top of this because you're one of the few ones that actually has it in stock with you but what's causing the uptick now it's i mean over the summer it's slowly progressed to where you've kind of felt this really for a few months is it the economy is it the uncertainty i mean what's going on right now it's
2: government really the government started talking about going to digital currency oh lord you take all these old farts like me that's i mean i'm i'm old i mean i got the oldest flip phone god created i you know i don't do emails i'm not a text i'm not computer savvy and uh, you got you know a lot of these people are way smarter than me but they're scared to death of this new digital currency coming because they feel that the government will have their money. They'll have no control. I've had people saying they're reading and studying, and if the government decides that you have too much money in your account, they'll just take it out of your account and move it over here to somebody else's account that needs it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And if the money comes up missing, who's going to be responsible for it? Right. What are you going to do? You're going to go complain to the bank that owned by the government? Uh, trust me, they are pulling. Uh, matter of fact, we talked to the branch manager of the bank that we do some business with because there were some questions about our the size of our deposits and he was sitting there going he says well i know you guys are busy yeah because he said you guys are coming in here to making all these huge deposits and i'm seeing all the money coming out of my bank that i know is going to Phil's coins that's right and he said so it is basically brutal but they're they're pulling money out of the banks right and left and that's all they're doing is buying silver and gold
1: buying the silver and gold well I, i guess it's good to maybe pull it out. I mean, I've heard rumors. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard the rumors about those that are wanting to go more digital. Many of the banks that are on board now with some of the digital currency, so they don't have to hold cash actually in their banks and actually get uh, do with Charles and actually give out money. That it's all just going to be the digital currencies and the uh, the online currencies uh, that's really run by PayPal and some of those other ones. That's the direction we're going. I don't. Uh, me for one, I'm not in favor of that. I don't like it, and I'm sure a lot of other people are skeptical about it as well.
2: Well, you know, I have people who tell me this is coming and then I got other people who tell me that'll never come. And I asked them, I said, well, why is it never going to come? Well, how are you going to bribe these congressmen with, with, with briefcases full of cash <laughs> that they can hide somewhere because if it's digital and it goes from one account to the other? Anybody that can get in there that's got any kind of pull can find out what is actually going into the accounts and out of the accounts, and they're not going to be able to hide all this all this money under the table type stuff that they do in mm-hmm. Congress. I mean, these guys all go in working for a couple hundred thousand a year, and now they're all millionaires explain that
1: one doesn't make any sense there yeah well my concern is we just saw it over the last year which should be the big red flag is number one we saw the truckers protest in canada yeah. just last year where the accounts were frozen they weren't able to access them that were donated through a gofundme and other stuff they just froze yeah. the account then we see with the ongoing conflict right now with russia and the ukraine what did we do we put sanctions on the financial institutions and the digital currencies to where It froze all of their digital transactions. And it didn't really affect the government like we wanted it to. It affected all the people there. There are bands that I follow from Russia that can't access any of their funds in Russia. So what are they doing? They're hanging out here in the country because if they live back there still, they still didn't have any access to their funds. Yeah, And that's a concern. If the government can freeze it, we don't have access to be able to buy really
2: anything. Well, the government will have control. I mean, basically, I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, you go into Walmart and buy deal of toilet paper and the government knock on your door and say well you know according to the ration deal you can only have three rolls a month and you bought four Mm. i mean i'm sorry but they'll have they'll they'll know what you bought and where you bought it and what you paid for it so yeah you know these people are taking this stuff home and they're putting it under the mattress they're putting it wherever they're putting it but at least they have control yeah nobody else knows they have it nobody has control of it and that's you know i mean it, it is crazy the amount of business we're doing right now
1: I can only imagine. Let's take it a little bit further. Are you anticipating to see uh, communities pop up to where we start going back to bartering and trading like we used to do without a currency like this? Because the government, not only are they trying to push the digital currency, but, I mean, last year they tried to push through uh, some of the bills of regulating every transaction in or out of your bank account of $600 or more making sure that you're paying your taxes i mean we won't be able to pay the uh the the kid raking up your yard uh, from the leaves and pay them the 20 bucks without taxing it now because that's what the government thinks that they're missing out on so are we going to get to that point we're just going to be like hey i'll swap you you know a piece of silver for a couple loaves of bread and we're good to go
2: well unfortunately i'm banking on the fact that the government will collapse and we will (laughs) go we will go to that kind of economy Mm -hmm. and a lot of my people that are in here buying are buying it for exact same thing. They cannot see the dollar continuing at the rate it's going. I mean, you know, the dollars are worth nothing. Yeah. Uh, plus the fact that uh, right now the big banks, the banks that are too big to fail are manipulating the markets. The government won't do anything about it because they're too big to fail. They're coming in and they're shorting their short, short contracts on paper, driving the price down deliberately so they can buy it physically cheaper. Yeah. That is against the law. And so if you and I were doing it, we'd be in jail. But the banks that are too big to fail, the government knows that it'd have to get their lawyers and it'd take them three years. And then they'd come to some kind of settlement. Uh, Chase Stanley Morgan went through this here a couple of years back. And all they had to do was just take some of the silver they bought and put it back into the markets. And that was a settlement. So the government spent millions of dollars to get them to put some silver back in the markets. And the government basically got nothing out of it. So the government realized that they can't and, and like they're going to be able to sue them and get hundreds of millions of dollars in fines because the banks will fight them and continue to fight them. And so, like I tell all my people, if the banks are buying silver and gold, how smart do you have to be to buy silver and gold? Yeah, they're not. buying. They're not buying it to be nice. They're not. Buy, they're buying it at some point. I guarantee you they're planning on making huge money on it. And so you know, even Buffett bought silver the other day, which is totally out of, out of character for him. Really? Yeah. Last time he bought silver, he drove the markets from five and a half to seven and a half dollars by himself when he bought like fifteen percent of the world's surplus silver oh my silver gosh. in the world, and they and he took delivery. Yeah. So yeah. So I tell you, know, so I, if the banks are smart enough to buy silver and gold, uh, you don't have to be very smart to buy silver and gold.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is a big sign
2: that you always say try and
1: you know, try and follow and mimic what some of these other, especially the institutions, when they're yes. kind of dominating the market. If they're doing that, then, you know, there's some type of value to it and they're preparing for something. You've talked about some of the short sales versus long contract sales uh, for silver. Has that gotten any better? And what are the what type of silver are they buying? Are they buying short contracts?
2: Well, they're sell, they're, sell, they're, they're selling. They're 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 doing paper contracts and they're running short. They're running them short. Okay. So basically they're selling a product they do not have. Mm. Okay. So if there's all this silver on the markets, then therefore silver is worth less money. But there's, but it's all on paper. I mean, I had some people come in the other day that had bought like a hundred thousand dollars worth of silver two years ago and said, now if we decide we're on a silver, can we get it? Absolutely. No problem. We'll just ship it to you. Yeah. So they called him the other day. They laughed at him. They sent him a check. There was no way they would release the silver. Oh, my God. They sold the You know, most of these people that are holding silver, they've sold it a 100 times. So if they sell the silver and you take delivery, they actually have to go out and buy more silver to cover everything else. And they're not going to do that. They'll just send you the money. I had another guy that, that did the same thing with a 1,000-ounce bar of silver. Oh, yeah, no problem. Now Now that he wants it. There's absolutely no way to get it. They won't ship it. We couldn't find. We we called Brinks. We called everybody. We couldn't find anybody to even go get the bar and have, Fed, and have a, a FedEx or anybody ship it. Right. So yeah. So and there's so much of this paper stuff. And and there's several people out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the wrong name. Bill O'Reilly is he still alive? Yeah, he's, what, you still, know, he's still doing this thing. Yeah. Bill Riley was telling somebody on the news the other day, buy silver and do not buy paper silver. <laughs> buy real silver. Buy real silver. And that's silver. the one thing that we do offer is we do have real silver.
1: Yeah, you actually have it in hand, which brings up two points. Number one, like you said, uh, to get the actual tangible physical silver, not just the piece of paper, because they won't send it to you if something happens. Number two. Is there a difference or is there a benefit in buying silver manufactured in the U.S. compared to silver manufactured in Canada? You've talked before about the fact that if the government really wanted it, that it's the you know property of the U.S. government could come and round up and confiscate the silver because of it coming from the U.S. compared to if you got, say, Canadian coins. Is there a difference there and is there a benefit to do that?
2: According to the old rule when Roosevelt confiscated silver and gold, You know there were certain deals, but basically now you have to buy it. If you're going to buy any real quantity of silver, uh, like all these companies that are buying it, they have to buy it from the United States. They Mm -hmm. cannot go out and buy it from France or any other any foreign entity anymore. They have to buy it from a U.S. company. Interesting. And and so, but at the same time, I tell everybody if things are bad enough that the government's knocking on your doors looking for silver and gold, (laughs) and they've got UN troops standing there, and there's four or five guys with guns, and they tell you that they want your your silver and they're there to pick up what you bought online through a computer. Mm. Anything you buy that's shipped to you is in a computer and it's there forever. You're never going to get out of it. So that's why we do such a big business in town is because you come in, we put the, we put the sale on the cash register, and you walk out with it. And I don't put names, addresses, telephone numbers because I did not ship it. That's right. But but at the same time, How you can I ship do, it,
1: huh? You can ship it. Can't? I mean, you ship stuff all over the country, don't we, you?
2: We shipped twenty five thousand to Florida the other day. We shipped forty thousand to Houston. I had a wow. guy that drove in from Denver and bought fifty thousand because he couldn't find fifty thousand dollars worth of silver in Denver. <laughs> if you want any kind of quantity of silver right now, I would tell you you need to expect anywhere from thirty to sixty days for delivery. Mm. And we're almost that bad ourselves right now. We've actually the other day I had 41,000 ounces of silver in stock and right now I've got 56,000 ounces of silver on order. Wow. We are we're actually limiting the amount of silver you can buy at oh my. At, at this point and actually uh, the last 2500 ounces that we got in i brought in from my house and loaned it to the company to keep the doors open so my customers could have silver sure when
1: did uh that's interesting you haven't had to do that yet when did you implement that because that's a sign to me that uh, hey things are getting a little crazy
2: i've been telling people for months that the silver that there is no silver out there yeah and anything that i'm ordering today is normally 30 days out But everybody's used just to walking in and telling us what they want, and we fill the order and we take care of them. And all of a sudden, gold is getting – I used to be able to place an order for gold and in 48 hours have basically anything I wanted in 48 hours. Now gold we're looking at is two and three weeks out. You're going to see silver and gold on a a 90-day wait. You, in other words, if you wait much longer and you come in to buy it, you'll pay for it and you'll wait you will wait 60 to 90 days to get it. And it's getting that way very quickly.
1: Sure. That is a scary thought. I mean, you've been on top of it for the longest time and you've been the one to go to and you've been comfortable. It's been crazy and you've always been ordering. You say you still order daily, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you still order daily. But the fact that now you're starting to have to limit it, that's... Uh... That's cause for concern for me. That shows, first off, how busy you are, but how panicked I think other people are as well.
2: Well, you think about it. You know, you figure now, it's a silver is almost twenty five dollars, and then you take, and then you take fifty six thousand times twenty five dollars. <laughs> I mean, you know, and the bad thing is we paid we paid for most of it already. Sure. And so, you know, we we've, we've got we've already got a million dollars tied up in inventory we haven't received. But we're doing, you know, we're ordering and I'm calling companies and I'm telling them that I am out and anything they can do for me, ship. And I do have another, uh, so I'm at a point, I've got two suppliers and the two suppliers still owe me 56,000 ounces of silver. And you just can't get it right now. I'm
1: telling you, we still need to just buy Phil's mines and just have the silver mine directly go to you. I wish I had a mine.
2: I, w- I wish I had two mines. <laughs>
1: You're going to need it at one of these times because it's it, it's getting crazy. It,
2: it, it is It is crazy. I had five people come in last week and go, you know, I'm reading there's no silver in the United States. And I'm sitting there going, well, I've been telling you the guys this for months, but they're so used to just coming in and we have it. Yeah. They don't often realize how hard, how hard, and how much trouble we go through just to, get, to it. get it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so it's getting to that. It's getting to that point. So, you know, I've got people now that are waiting for silver.
1: Sure. Uh, going in, we got just a couple minutes left here, but going into holiday season, let's talk about holidays for just a second and. If someone's wanting to get coins for somebody, whether it may be just regular silver, whether it may be uh, some type of a- antique or specific one, or whether a gift card. I mean, you guys, that's, even though it's crazy right now, that might be a good opportunity is to focus on that for holiday season, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We, we do all that. We have proof sets and mint sets. I'm a short, probably short on mint sets right now. I have proof sets. Okay. And w- Silver Eagles, Silver Eagles took a $3 in two days. They went from twelve fifty over spot, my cost. Mm-hmm to 1360 the next day, to 1460 the next day, 10 minutes later went to 1560. And so, I mean, you know, but right now I have plenty of them in stock. I foresaw, foresaw this dilemma coming. Uh, basically, the government is, there is hardly any silver eagles in the country anywhere right now. Everybody that had them is sold out. The government is in the process of making the new ones. So, therefore, any uh, coming out of the government for this year will be very limited. So by Christmas, it is going to be a mess, but we're prepared
1: Uh, being prepared. That's right. So a gift card might be a good idea then for somebody's stocking stuffer.
2: He'd tell you gift card. If we've got silver, you better buy it while you can get your hands on it. Because what what I saw you today, the gift card you can have a gift card, and I don't have any silver. It still ain't going to do you any good. I was going to say, if you get
1: the gift card, then you may get the silver <laughs> for Easter and you know yeah, the following that Yeah. That's, that's right.
2: closer to the truth than people ever understand.
1: Man, that is crazy. It I, is crazy. It is a crazy time, but it's time to get it right now. Whether you're just looking to try and get that emergency fund, whether you're trying to get and move yourself out of the bank, or whether it's just the collector's item that you want to get, it's Phil's Coins, ninety three forty four West Central Avenue. Buying, selling trading with honesty and integrity you guys have all the knowledge to know about the markets and what's going on because people come in a lot of times just ask you questions too don't they just trying to just trying to understand the market
2: i had somebody come in the other day and told me they'd been all over town and we were the only ones in town that actually would sit and explain to them why silver was where it is and what to do because everybody Mm. else goes don't know don't know and they don't care so, Interesting. I mean, we're we're quite unusual for what we do. Yeah. Well, we're there for the customer.
1: Yeah, they're there for the customer, and you guys can come in and pick his brain anytime you want and get the lowdown and tell him that you heard him right here on Kansas Talk. You get that yeah. every once in a while, don't you?
2: Oh Look. yes, it's amazing how many people come in and go. Yeah, I listened to him on the radio.
1: I
0: love. I'll
2: see. I'll go home and I'll go to the shop today and go. Did yeah, I sound intelligent? My <laughs> wife goes, Yeah, pretty much so. Pretty so, much. Pretty but, much. You're in good it's shape. It's amazing how many people that listen to me on the radio do, do come to the shop and. And this has been a very good thing for us to
1: do. Hey, we love it. We love having you in here. It's Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Phil, good to talk to you, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Thank you and me. God bless all you people out there. Always a pleasure. We'll do it again. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we have a laundry list of stuff to get to today for a Kansas Talk here on Saturday morning. Stay here, right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks again to Phil Martinez. Phil's Coins coming into the program. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. We'll get him back on in a few weeks again. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. It's Phil's Coins. Visit them online at philscoins.com. Got a big show lined up for you today, for a Saturday. So I have made a mistake as I've been promoting the programs. We're weeks away. I was looking at the calendar, and we actually have an extra week of this show before Election Day. I know. Uh, Apparently, conservative guy that loves economics can't count. Yeah, so I was looking, and I was thinking, for some reason, I was thinking that the Halloween, the 31st, was, like, during the weekend. And then, uh, apparently, I was, like, skipping ahead An entire new week and thinking that all of a sudden right around the corner that next week, that Monday, Tuesday would be the 8th of November for Election Day. So we actually have two more episodes after this one going into election season because we will have the first weekend of November to actually talk to candidates as well. So that's great. It gives us more opportunity to talk to as many candidates as we can and get you up and ready to go for election time because there's a lot to talk about. And there are a lot of things to break down, to understand and to get ready for as we go to the ballot box, which I have Let's just say a bit of some very angering frustrating news. I don't do this very often. I don't get I try not to get angry especially on a Saturday morning, but there is an individual that is running for office under the Republican ticket that angers me a lot. And I know that he's aware because he's yet to come on the program and his people don't like to talk to me very often when we're out at political events, which is cool, which is fine. But I got a bit of a bone to pick with him and we'll talk about that a little bit later on the program as well. And what I'm finally going to do, the announcement that I'm going to make that may be a bit controversial, I don't really care. I have to say this, I have to do it because enough is enough and we need to start working together as a Republican Party Across the board, Republicans in the state have been way too divided for way too long, and it's time for us to get over whatever personal issues there are, unite, work together, hold hands, sing kumbaya, and beat Democrats as one lump sum force as opposed to individuals. What what did Benjamin Franklin say back in the day? That we must all hang together or we will surely hang separately. We're not going to do this anymore. No more games, enough messing around. So we'll do that when we come back as well in a little bit. When we come back, right around the break, though, we do have great guests on the program my state representative district number 74 up in the newton area we'll have state representative stephen owens we'll chat with him we'll talk about his election we'll talk about the republican party in general what's coming up for the legislative session here in a few months and a heck of a lot more plus we have the aarp hour number two congressman ron estes sat down with us here just a bit ago along with kansas attorney general Derek schmidt and candidate for governor so, big show slated today. Not a lot of time to get your calls, although I do want to hear from you. And we'll talk to a lot of candidates as we get set for elections 2022 right here on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Stay
3: here.
0: There can be only one, and he's right here. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker. K-Q-A-M.
1: Darn right it is. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on Does Big Talker 1480 KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us. As always, we are getting down to the wire just weeks away from election time on Tuesday, November 8th, which I did my calculations wrong. I was thinking this week and next week were my two final episodes, but we do have the first week in November of Kansas Talk before the Tuesday, November 8th ballot and uh, the election day. So uh, with that being said, we're going to have some fun and get more of the candidates on as we get closer and closer to that time. And one of those guys right now, is. we we get into election season
0: it's time to meet the candidate the government works for us not the other way around elections 2022 yeah
1: and i'm excited to have back on the program a great personal friend and he's my state representative up in the northern wichita and newton area but excited to have one from district number 74 mr stephen Owen. stephen how are you my friend
4: Hey, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing this morning,
1: Andy? Always good to talk with you, brother. It's uh, always great. It is getting down to that wire. I know you've been out knocking doors. You've been talking to people. You've been uh, getting the word out. I have your yard sign in front of my yard as well. How's the feel right now? What are you hearing on the streets?
4: Uh, man, I appreciate that very much. I always appreciate your short your support, and absolutely love the fact that uh, that I'm the lucky one that gets to have the Andy Hooser in my <laughs> district. So uh, it's fantastic. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here. You know, feeling really good going into the election season. You know, I have a libertarian opponent, um, young man that uh, that decided uh, to to get involved in libertarian party, and they. They covered the 120 bucks to put his name on the ballot. Uh, I ended up taking him out to lunch, getting to know him, uh, and and invited him back to the Republican Party. Uh, so um, right. I'm feeling really good, good good, good guy. Um, but, you know, there was an article done the other day by, uh, what was it, Cake Channel 10 News, about a couple of Libertarians that are out there running and, and trying to raise awareness for their party. And uh, I think every good Republican has some Libertarian in them. Uh, But we certainly don't agree with uh, some of the extreme positions on legalizing all drugs and and fully legalizing uh, abortion and things like that. So feeling really good about my district, feeling really good going into the election season. Well,
1: I'm I'm glad that you talked to him and I'm glad you invited him back to the Republican Party. I've said this and you know this. I mean, listen to the program for years. I've talked about how. The libertarians, and you're right, I mean, every conservative, every constitutionalist has a flavor of libertarianism within them. We need to bring the libertarians back into the Republican Party. And I get why they left. They've been run out by some of the establishment Republicans, by some of the elite Republicans, some of the moderate Republicans, and they got run out. And Ron Paul was really one of those those prime examples. But overall, libertarians and conservatives agree on near 80% of the issues. And we can bicker about the social issues or, like you said, the drug issues or some of those things. But we don't have a chance to argue about those when the economy is in the tank and libertarians and conservatives agree overwhelmingly on economic issues, on limited government issues. We need to unite that voice again and make our voice louder within that party to really stand for the principles that we that we believe in.
4: Well, and there you got it exactly right. There it is. We have got to believe and rely on and and engage in the issues that we believe in, that we as Republicans believe in, because we've seen many Republicans get sucked into the establishment. And so it, it's easy to spend more money. Uh, you know, as Republicans, we've, we've drifted away from that, especially on a federal level, this idea of fiscal constraint. Um, one of the hardest things as a legislator is, is being able to tell uh, good social programs, no, no, that The taxpayers need that money in their pocket. and so I, I understand why some libertarians have been kind of disenfranchised yeah. uh, and and are exploring other options. But you're absolutely right. We have got to get back to our core principles and our core stances uh, and help those folks realize that that the answers lie within this party. And that we have got to unify behind our candidates to get them elected come November. Yeah,
1: amen to that. The crazy part is that you do not have a Democrat challenger in your race. There are a lot of seats, especially here in South Central Kansas in the Wichita area, where there are no Democrats running against those uh, uh, Republican legislators right now. Or even when they do have someone on the ballot, I don't see a lot of campaigning. I don't see a lot of yard signs out there in the Wichita area. I don't see a lot of movement from the Democrats. I almost feel like they're in disarray or that they're in uh, that maybe they don't have any money. Maybe they just realize that the party is unpopular under Joe Biden right now. I don't know what the deal is, but I'm not seeing a lot of push for Democrats, except for obviously in the governor's race.
4: Come on. Would, would you want your name on a postcard with Joe Biden and four dollar <laughs> gas prices and 10 percent inflation? I mean, seriously, uh, you know, Joe Biden has done so much to hurt his party when a lot of people were really counting on him to be a leader for their party. Uh, And so what we have seen is absolutely terrible economic policy, uh, absolutely terrible inflation. Uh, The markets are down. Literally, our country is in disarray uh, economically because of the leadership of their party. And so I can understand why there's hesitation to get behind uh, and And to try to run a campaign when people are just downright fed up with it and are gonna show up to the polls in mass to show just how fed up they are. People can't afford the the gas in their vehicle. They can't afford, you know groceries. They can't afford uh, anything, and yet we see prices continue to increase day after day, week after week, month after month. And we know 100% this is directly Joe Biden's America and and what he is trying to push down
1: on us. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see what a Democrat social experiment looks like or an economic experiment or an immigration experiment or a foreign policy experiment, we're in it right now, and that's why I think we're seeing the lack of enthusiasm. Uh, Overall, though, we're seeing record turnout for early voting. Georgia and Florida were some of the big ones that just came out earlier this week. I know now we're in early voting here in the state of Kansas, and I am excited to see kind of what those early numbers look like here. My concern is, and we've talked about it on some of the other programs as well, is predominantly Democrats do very well with the early voter turnout and some of the mail-in voting turnout, with Republicans turning out on Election Day. With record turnout for early voting in some states, is that optimistic for us and encouraging, or is that a cause for concern, do you think?
4: You know, I think that people are so ready for change that they're rushing to the polls to make their voice heard. Uh, I mean, honestly, that that is that is how I see it. You can't be a sound mind and see the policies that have been implemented and the hurt that it has put on America. You, you just can't. And so I see that people are anxious to get out there and vote. They're anxious for change. They want the ability to elect different representation and different leadership to change the course of this country. So I don't see it as a concern. Um, And what I I think is happening is you've just got people that are anxious, they're excited, they're ready to move forward in a new direction, one that doesn't leave a a wide-open southern border, one that doesn't continue to spend trillions of dollars and increase inflation, uh, and so many other things that people are just struggling with right now that we've got to change things that people know it.
1: Yeah, that is very true. We're talking with Stephen Owen, state representative from District Number 74. Let's talk about moving forward in the state of Kansas. I am hoping... And I am optimistic. We've been to different uh, political events and benefits and hearing uh, House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins talk. He's optimistic that we could gain some seats in the House of Representatives, even here in the Wichita area. We've talked with Sandy Pickert, who could potentially flip a seat. We've talked with uh, some other ones as well around the area to where we have an opportunity, because of the disarray from the Democrats, that we could actually flip even more seats red even within city limits here in Wichita, which is optimistic, breaking that 80 percent threshold, which means, God forbid, we still have a Democrat governor, we could have a better chance of overriding vetoes if we do have a Republican governor, that we can really get some stuff done with a more conservative agenda. Are you optimistic as well, and could you see more Republicans showing up in Topeka come to, uh, come January?
4: Oh, with, Without question. Uh, again we have seen uh, i have the distinct pleasure of, of being part of the republican house campaign committee uh, i get to see the people that are out there working the responses that they're getting uh, we get to see the amount of money that people are willing to put in and support our candidates you know sandy Pickert's a great example uh you've got david sofer um up in the, the overland park area You've got, you know, uh, Carpenter and Turner and so many other good folks that are out there working their tail off and receiving really great responses at the door because they're ready for change. They're ready to see it. Uh, You know, we we had an 86 and have uh, 86 is a supermajority in the House. I really think that we can get to 90. And I think we've got the candidates out there that are working in districts that you would have never thought a Republican stands a chance. In Wyandot County, for example, but we've got a, a great candidate up there in Mike Thompson that has just been receiving fantastic feedback and working his tail off. So, no, I absolutely think that it's possible. I stand right there with Dan Hawkins that that we're going to increase that supermajority. Um, and so, regardless of what happens with uh, the governor's race, now I want to be really clear about that, though. We need Derek Schmidt. Yeah. We need to be able to effectively take on some of these these issues. For example, um, you know, uh, men playing in women's sports, right? Uh, we couldn't get there with the supermajority last year to override that veto, which is, I mean, how terrible is that? And so you can't always count on, Just the numbers and a unified body. While we need a unified Republican party when we get to Topeka, uh, if we have a, we have a Republican governor and Derek Schmidt, then, uh, it makes moving the agenda forward a whole lot easier.
1: Yeah, it really does. And I would go further and say, not just do we need uh, Derek Schmidt as governor right now, we need the Republican ticket all across the board. Right now, him as attorney general, he's been that frontline defense against some of the Biden administration regulations coming down. And we need to continue that. And Chris Kobach being a conservative battling in the in the in the courts as well. We need to have that attorney general battling whatever the federal government's throwing at us. We need secretary of state. We need the Treasury position. We need the legislature. We need Republicans all across the board. And if we do do that, we could be in some really good positions here moving forward.
4: Hundred percent. I mean, you know, uh, Chris Mann on the Democrat ticket for Attorney General has made it very clear he's not going to Joe Biden. He's not going to stand up for Kansans the next two years, and we've got to have Chris Kobach. There is no doubt when you walk into the ballot box on November eighth, or if you choose to go in there and you vote early, uh, it's really clear if there's an R by their name, that's where you need to go. And let me throw uh, throw out there that. We have got to unite as a party. Okay? Yeah. We have got to unite. If there is not an R by your name, you are not a Republican. You don't deserve a Republican vote. We have a great platform. We have a great message. And we have got to move Kansas in the right direction stand up to this federal government.
1: Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Stephen Owens, House of District 74 here in the Newton area, just north of Wichita. Let's talk about legislative session here for the last few minutes and talk about what's coming up in January. There's been a lot of conversation. You guys just, or at least a committee in the House, just had some hearings on the marijuana legislation you guys passed right at the end of the session last year that's sitting in the Senate. I know that we're talking, obviously, about cutting sales tax on food. There's a lot of things that you guys are going to address as soon as you get back up there. In your mind, what's top priority and what do you think should be done right away when you guys get back up in January?
4: You know, I know our our, uh, our governor and our, our soon-to-be Speaker Dan Hawkins and our Senate president, uh, we have a 100-day plan. I can't wait for them to be able to announce that and share some of those things. Some of the things that I will mention, yeah, marijuana has been the topic of conversation. You know, we're in a new biennium, and so everything starts fresh. There's nothing sitting in the House or the Senate from previous years. Um, All there is 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 past votes with a different group and different leadership. And so we'll see what happens. I know they're working hard on trying to come up with something that is truly a medical marijuana bill. We'll see if they actually get there because uh, Kansans, while there, there does seem to be more of a movement on the medical side, uh, people don't want recreation. They don't want freewheeling weed all over the place. And so, uh, you know, we can end up in a situation where we have Oklahoma-style marijuana laws where you can, you know, get online and for 200 bucks get your green card and, and go anywhere and buy your weed. <laughs> so we, we've got to do better than that. And so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. You know, one of the things that we really have got to also do better at is we have got to uh, control this fentanyl outbreak. We have got to do things and we have got to continue to hold people accountable uh, for the crimes and for the actions that, that they're committing. You know, we've seen an increase in violent crime and we have got to put our foot down and say not in Kansas. We are not chicago we are not new york we are not california where we just take a hands-off approach to eh, you know in the name of social justice and equality uh we're just not going to put anybody in prison and we're not going to hold anybody accountable and we're just going to let you know thousands of people out like they did in chicago the other day out of, out of jail i mean give me a break who wants to live in a world where you, you can't even let your kids play in your front yard for fear of a drive-by shooting yeah. nobody wants to live that way and we've got to make sure in kansas that we uh we protect that, and we make sure that we support our law enforcement like like every one of the Republicans do, like Derek Schmidt does, like Chris Kobach does, and everyone on the Republican ticket absolutely supports our men and women in uniform and supports law and order. The other thing we've got to do, Andy, is we've got to continue to look at making our K-12 educational outcomes better. Mm-hmm. We still, uh, according to our own tests and our own results, less than 35% of the kids that are graduating in Kansas are college or career ready. That is an absolute travesty. And I don't care what other states are doing or not doing. I don't care whether that's middle of the road or average. We have got to do better. and We've got to look for better opportunities for our kids. And we've got to build a state where people want to be, where they want to raise a family. We have a huge labor shortage right now. It's a whole nother issue. We've got to tackle this idea that that we don't have enough people that are staying here in Kansas or want to be here in Kansas, and we, we want families here. We want people to have children, to raise their family, to, to be part of our society and grow our great state. It's one of the best things that we can do.
1: Yeah, amen to that. Last question before we let you go as we kind of wrap things up here. But uh, I think one thing that's going to help a lot of these issues with the agenda, with the legislative lineup that you guys are going to have come January, is one of the constitutional amendments that will be on the ballot in November as well. That includes the oversight over the executive branch and over some of the executive agencies and departments uh, to where you guys can actually override it if it deems necessary. This, I think, I'm assuming, came out of the COVID-19 pandemic when the KDHE and Dr. Lee Norman and the governor were just putting out ridiculous, absurd mandates all over the place. How important is that one to pass when we go to the ballots as well in November to make sure that you guys have some say in what's going on in the state?
4: A hundred percent. HCR 5014 is what you're referring to. Is one of the two constitutional amendments on here, And you've got to remember, folks, vote yes on both of them. Yeah. HCR 5014 gives checks and balances. OK, we do not want unelected bureaucrats making laws. That's why you elect me, it's why you elect your senators, that's why you elect your governor. We're the ones responsible for making laws, not bureaucratic state agencies. And regardless of whether it's a Republican that runs those agencies or a Democrat that runs those agencies, if they're putting out rules and regulations that have the force and effect of law that are affecting citizens of the state of Kansas, the legislature has got to have a mechanism where we can very simply, by a majority vote, override those rules and regs. And right now we don't have that ability. We saw that. You know, with the Kansas Department of Labor and that enormous $500 million debacle of those dollars that flowed out of this state into foreign countries in the name of fraud because we had unelected bureaucrats making decisions and absolutely failing us. Yeah. We have got to create those checks and balances. We've got to vote yes on 5014 and 5022.
1: I love it. It's Stephen Owen, state representative from District 74 up in the northern area of Sedgwick County as well. And, it's, and not even Sedgwick County. You're in, what, Harvey County? What Are you just in Harvey County?
4: Yeah, no, Harvey, part, uh, rural Harvey County, parts of Marion and McPherson County. So, there we go. Yeah, I've got a great district with great towns, great citizens that are true freedom-loving folks, and and we have got to continue to get that Republican ticket in office uh, in
1: November. Well, I can tell you that there's a lot of signs for your name out there in the little area that I'm in, so that is a good sign, and I'm excited for the election coming up in November. Stephen Owens, always good to talk to you, my friend. Keep up the fight. Let's do it again here real soon.
4: Thanks, Andy. Have a great day, bud
1: talking again with the aarp whether it's the fraud watch network retirement calculator getting involved in the community make sure to check them out online at aarp.org slash ks for the state of kansas also find them and follow them on their social media as well mary's on the line with us this week mary how are you today
3: I'm doing great, Andy. How about
1: you? Always doing good. Good to talk with you as well. We are halfway through the month of October, which blows my mind already, as usual. <laughs> but the month is also uh, Cyber uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And as you guys have your Fraud Watch Network and talk a lot about security... Cybersecurity, obviously, being one of those major ones. Whether it's the link that you touch on in your email that's a that's spam and puts malware on your computer, whether they try to get your personal information and you give a credit card number over the over uh, the internet, there's so many things to look out for and be careful when you're using the interweb in some way, shape, or form.
3: That's exactly right, and and you just just pointed out all the ways you can be online. That that's part of our lives. Um, and, and we don't want to warn people away from that or for people to be scared of that. They just need to be aware of, of what causes um, frauds and scams and how scammers can use the Internet to, to get information. And, and that we just need to be careful about that and, and what we're giving out and, and what links we're clicking on. But like you said, it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month and just a great time to, to let people know what it's all about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Talk about some of the ways where we really have to be careful. Obviously, if we see a weird email come in, hopefully you don't click on it. But at the same time, if you're shopping online, that to me is one of the more scarier uh, areas because you don't know whether the website is secure or not, or if you type in your information on whether someone's going to see that credit card number.
3: Exactly, Andy. And we do have four ways that you can, um, so four basic steps that you can take to to at least be as secure as you can be. And the first one is called multi-factor authentication. I think that piece of language is becoming more familiar to all of us. But it's setting up an extra step where um, if you're offered um, on your online accounts, you, you receive a string of numbers to to a device that you choose. So instead of just going directly into something, they'll send you a, a number or code um, for example Facebook is one that uses it and 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 they won't let you into your Facebook account unless you have that code and they send that to another uh, like your cell phone and then you just put that number in and that's the second form of of uh, that's the step second step you take to authenticate your account so they know it's it's you know you put in your your um, user ID and your password You get this code. You also have to put that in. And those two steps make it more secure then for you to get into your Facebook page or whatever account you're getting into. So if you don't have that set up and you choose to set that up when they ask you to do it, we recommend that you do. Another thing is strong passwords. And we always tell people, you know, don't use one, two, three, four, or your birthday, or your wedding anniversary. Use something strong, a unique phrase, or or something that's unique to only you, and that can't be found, you know, information about you, like your birth date on a a website or on a Facebook page or something like that. Just so make it strong, make it unique to you. So, um, and then the next one will be phishing attempts, where, um, you know, we've talked before about how ID fraud or identity theft has increased dramatically um, in the last year, And so we know that bogus emails and texts with malicious links, like you said, are a common way to steal identities. So really avoid clicking unless you're certain about knowing the center. So like you said, when you're shopping, um, go directly to that website. You know, don't see it on Facebook and just click. Uh, If you see something, for example, like at, at Dillard's, instead of clicking on the link, go directly to the Dillard's website where you can find it. Sure. And then fourth, um, you know, criminals never stop trying to get into our into our computers, our software. So you know, make sure that when there's an update to your software, you do it because that update usually is going to make it more secure, so that that scammers can't can't get into it. So be aware of that and keep updating your system um, and and making sure that it has the the best available um, fraud protection on it. So those are just a few things that that you can do to make sure that you are staying safe yeah, during absolutely. Cybersecurity Month and beyond. <laughs> during the
1: Cybersecurity Month, yeah, it's great tips, and it may be kind of a pain to do that double authentication for some websites or for your Facebook or your web or your email or something. But it's always important because if they get a hold of that stuff, then who knows what's going to be posted out there or what type of personal information. They're going to get from you we got just about a minute left here uh mary but talk about what else is going on with the aarp you always have your uh, different events your webinars your different entertainment stuff so what do you guys have going on right now
3: we do we have it all um we have a list of things on our calendar which is at aarp.org ks you go to the events calendar and there's all kinds of things cooking and movies and exercises and um tours of italy virtually of course but um but we also, too, want to take this time to remind people that, that the election is coming up on November 8th, and, of course, the deadline to register was yesterday, but now it's time to think about advanced voting or, or voting in person and where you go to do that and what you need to take with you, and we have all of that also on our website at aarp.org slash ks so make sure people get out and vote
1: i love it go check it all out aarp.org slash ks for the state of kansas find them follow them on their social media as well mary it's always good to talk with you my friend we'll do it again soon
3: thanks andy take care Truly
0: unfiltered
1: Welcome into Candace Talk. It is hour number two. What up? Welcome in. Happy Saturday morning, too. Trying to get you up and moving for a Saturday again. Another weekend as we move through this great month of October. We get closer to Halloween. We are just two weeks away-ish, two and a half weeks away from the November 8th election, which is what our focal point here is on the program. So welcome into the show. Great to have you along for the ride today. Lots to get to. Hour number one, all wrapped up and done. We covered a lot of ground there. Stephen Owens, House District 74 in the northern parts of Sedgwick County and Harvey County and other places as well. We appreciate him coming on the show, talking about some legislative updates on what we could see in Topeka coming up this year. There's uh, issues that I want to get to. We don't have time today, but we will break down some of them regarding some of the marijuana legislation that's happening. We also have some tenure. There's a big uh, legal suit right now or I take that back, an investigation against Emporia State University of them letting go of tenured professors because, well, apparently you're not allowed to fire tenured professors. They just have to stay there forever. As many of the unions for the educators are up in arms of the fact that the Kansas Board of Regents has voted to allow universities to fire tenured professors if they so desire, just like, I don't know, any other industry out there that they can be fired if the business can't afford them or if they don't want them any longer. I know, I know. But that's socialism and government work for you, even if you're doing a crappy job or we don't need your department anymore. According to the teachers and professors, you're not allowed to let them go. So we'll talk about that later. I don't know if we'll get to it today, but it's definitely an interesting conversation to have because, well, my golly. They're just locked in forever, so we'll get to that later. Coming up on the program here, uh, bottom of the hour, Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt. We'll talk with him about the campaign, about some legal issues going on. There's some major battles that he's in the middle of. Imagine that. He's on the campaign trail, and yet he's still working on attorney general issues and fighting legal cases against the federal government and the biden administration so we'll get to that and talk with him about what's going on there and get the final campaign hoorah before election day but right now i want to shift gears a little bit as we do our next election coverage
0: it's time to meet the candidate
2: the government works for us not the other way around
0: elections 2022
1: and really happy to have this guy we sat down with him just a couple days ago right before his event now if you remember and if you listen to our national broadcast during the week on wednesday we had house minority leader steve scalise on the program from the first congressional district of louisiana wonderful individual and i loved being able to chat with him and it was thanks to congressman estes and his team here in the local area as they were working with uh, scalise's team for the campaign issues but they helped me set up the interview and we appreciated that very much uh but congressman ron estes we had to get him on the program one more time before election day as well as he's been out and about helping campaign and traveling around the country helping other campaigns as well but we were able to get him in studio for a brief minute and this is what he had to say just a few days ago right here on Candace talk congressman how are you my
5: friend i'm doing well thank you andy it's
1: always good to talk with you we are down to the wire with the last few weeks I see a lot of candidates out there knocking doors. I've been helping local candidates around as well. We're trying to get the
5: word out. I'm optimistic about this election. I think we're going to do well here in Kansas. Yeah, I think so too. I think when you look at the things that the policies that are being put in place uh, from from the Democrat Governor Kelly and, yeah. or or Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and, and <laughs> the the policies that they're putting in at the federal level. It, Americans and Kansans in particular see it's it, the country's going in the wrong direction and they're not for that yeah just a couple days ago on the radio show we had talked about how easy it should be
1: for Republicans to win this election because I mean we are we are in the middle of a Democrat experiment social uh, social experiment economic experiment border experiment uh, military experiment and it's failed across the board. We should be able to walk across the finish line pretty easy, I would think.
5: Well, you you would think that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that... They've, they've been sold this bill of goods. They've been marketed that there's this utopia out there that uh, in, a, in a socialist society that, you know, everybody gets everything. And it's failed over and over again around the world, whether it was the Soviet Union that was sure. socialist, whether it was uh, Venezuela. I mean, that's probably the most recent example that people can point to. Even if you point back to, you know, countries throughout Europe and, and uh, uh, well, throughout all aspects of the world, it, yeah. just, it just doesn't work. And, and unfortunately, people don't realize what they're giving up in that process. And and so there's so many Americans now that are saying, you know, this this isn't what our Declaration of Independence was for. This isn't what, what we believe America has, has, has grown and become so strong on because of that. And yeah. so actually I saw a little meme the other day that uh, – You know, the the Biden administration policies are turning America into the country that our founding fathers left.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It really is. We are at that point. They left and they started a new nation after a two and a half percent sales tax on tea and on gun regulations. And we're seeing massive gun regulations and a nine percent inflation rate, which is really a tax rate. So we're we're beyond that point. It's just how much we can actually deal with. I've heard you talk at a few different uh, benefits and events going into elections the last few weeks, and I mean you're optimistic. I mean we're seeing a potential major victory
5: for the House of representatives, aren't we? Yeah, I really uh, uh, we are seeing that. I mean when you look at uh, such good candidates that the Republicans have recruited yeah. in, uh, across the country, and 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 I, I think we'll pick up thirty seats. I mean we're we're five down. The Democrats have a five seat majority. Uh, As of right now, I think we'll pick up 30 seats. I mean, there's races. We'll we'll pick up seats in in Rhode Island and Maine, and uh, we'll pick up three or four seats in New York. Uh, They tried their gerrymander there and and didn't work. Uh, Florida, California even, uh, Texas. We'll we'll pick up a lot of seats. And, you know, you touched on inflation there in terms of uh, the impact there. Is it 8.3% inflation is the equivalent of one month's paycheck? Yeah. So just think about it from a standpoint of who can live without one month's paycheck to buy the same rent or the same mortgage payment or to buy the same amount of groceries or to pay your car, to buy your gas. I mean, with one fewer paycheck uh for each each year that's insane
1: yeah uh, the latest uh, i'd seen six thousand dollars that we're paying above what we normally do just to maintain our level then we had the shortages in the grocery stores right now to where things are out then we see the gas prices on top of all of it and it's it is a level that i think has a lot of people scared and a lot of people angry we're seeing uh voters hispanic voters uh, minority voters all over the nation not even follow politics You say hey all i know is that things were in the grocery stores and gas was a lower price with the last administration now we're not seeing that yet yeah, that's the
5: number one focus for most voters all over the nation yeah it really is and 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 it goes directly back to the policies that the biden administration put in place and and that uh, governor kelly's tagged on with them and, and being very supportive of those uh through through the activities there and and, and you know, inflation, a, it's a horrible thing because yeah. it affects everybody, but it particularly affects middle and low income, the, the average American, uh, yeah. through that process. And and just the struggle that you have to deal with that and, and fight that off. And and so that's why we're seeing everybody uh, is uh, in a situation where they're seeing things are going in the wrong direction and, and and want to turn that around. It is unfortunate. The commitment to America, the plan that Kevin McCarthy that you guys in the, in the
1: House put out as a Republican plan, I like it. I think it's going to do good. I like the idea that we're going back to a kind of a Newt Gingrich style, what he did back in the day. Uh, are you getting good feedback on it? I think it
5: was I, – I wish it came out sooner from Kevin McCarthy, but I like the fact that we're
1: focusing on this.
5: Yeah, it really is. And, and the things is, that we talked about and why we wanted to do this is – Instead of talking about – just talking about the problems with the Biden administration that that the one-party Democrat rule in the country has has led to and all the problems, the shortages of baby food and everything, we wanted to talk about something that's positive. I mean, what are we going to accomplish when we get into office? And what are we going to work towards? And so the commitment America are are built on four different principles. I mean, we want to make sure we have a strong economy. We want to make sure that we have a safe America. We want to make sure that we protect the, the 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 freedoms that we have and build our future around that. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that government's held accountable. I mean the the transparency and the aspects that. Uh our, our government should be representative of the the citizens, uh, but it also should be accountable to them, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've heard the rumors from the other side that they, they've already started to say, if we elect Republicans in this election, if we get a majority in the House, if we even get a majority in the Senate, which I am optimistic about as well, that they're already advocating for riots in the streets, that it is the Trump movement, it is the MAGA movement, it is the most radical Domestic terrorist organization in American history, they're already
5: planning themselves to have riots in the streets as soon as Republicans take control again. Yeah, it really is sad to see this. I mean, they, the 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 Democrats and and, when, and I don't know whether how much of it's Democrats, how much of it's special interest, how much of it's of it's. Attack groups like BLM that are out yeah. causing all of this problem, Antiva uh, that's doing that, but uh, they did it in 2016. I mean, the the day after President Trump was inaugurated, they had you know a, a million just a million person destructive march, uh, <laughs> you know, burning cars in DC and and uh, through that process. And, and and as much as the the Democrats and particularly the the House led by Speaker Pelosi. Have attacked President Trump and all the accusations around January sixth, yeah. and 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 then the, the effort that they went in that you know they never said that President Trump was duly elected that he beat Hillary Clinton, sure. and 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 for them to be talking now about not accepting the results of an election, I mean that's what a democracy is all about, right? It really is. Speaking of, by the way, have you
1: heard any rumors? Will Trump actually show up for the subpoena and actually testify before the January 6th committee?
5: So I haven't heard any rumors about that, but I (laughs) I would be surprised if that happens.
1: Yeah, me too. I I think it would be
5: a fun um, circus. It would be a fun show to watch, for sure. It would be entertaining. Well, and it's it's an interesting thing, too, is uh, they've got to scramble uh, for the next uh, two and a half months uh, because... Republicans taken over the majority in in January, Uh, this special committee that uh, Speaker Pelosi created uh, to, to attack President Trump. And, 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 you know, it's kind of the way I was talking with my mother this morning about it is that, you know, there, there may be some things that uh, people disagreed with or or thought were disappointing about either the way president Trump speaks or, or some of the things he says or approach to, to dealing with people. Uh, But what they've tried to do is turn things you disagree with into things that are illegal and, and they've tried over and over again, and they're going to continue to try for the next two and a half months, but uh, it's going to be over with after January. Yeah, that is very true. On the
1: Democrat side, on the national level, they're struggling with leadership. They don't have necessarily candidates that can they can stand out either for this race or for the presidential race coming up in a few years. They don't have the depth in their charts to bring up. I mean, they're talking about you know a Gavin Newsom out of California. They're talking about Stacey Abrams, which she's already been a failed candidate in Georgia. We'll see how this election goes. They're throwing AOC out there as a potential presidential run in 2024. To me, that shows a bit of a sign of weakness and desperation because – they haven't invested in the younger generation for Democrats, have they? I mean, uh, do you see that in DC? are they are they just trying
5: to hold on to what they have right now? Well, it's it's not only that they haven't invested in, in, and and built around that, but what they've tried to do is is create all the victimhoods and mm-hmm. and, 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 and target everybody as a as, as a party of victims. And yeah. so you have these special designations of so many people through that process. and current leadership is ancient in yeah. the democrat party i mean you look at <laughs> president biden i mean uh as old as he, he tries is to shake hands um, with the easter bunny yeah I mean. you, you look at the, the top three democrats in the house of representatives speaker pelosi Steny hoyer and Jim Cl- james Clyburn. if you add up their ages they're older than the united states of america <laughs> uh so that just kind of reflects of you know they've they're really passed their prime in terms of recognizing where america is and and how do we make sure that we we keep a strong america going forward and 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 protect our constitutional freedoms. Amen to that. We're talking with Congressman
1: Ron Estes from here in the 4th District. Let's talk about Kansas politics for a second here. Your race, I'm feeling very confident. Everything's good here. Um, I'm looking forward to election night for you. Congressman Tracy Mann from the big 1st District. I don't see a major issue out there. I see us retaining that one. Jake LaTurner as well, up in the 3rd District. That big Sharice Davids, Amanda Adkins. I know that Amanda Adkins tried to run against her in the last election, and it didn't work out. Sharice Davids, I got to admit, she's she's put her head low and played her cards well in D.C. But how? I mean, how are we looking? Do we
5: have the opportunity to flip that seat red here in the states? We we re, we really have an opportunity to pick up that seat. I mean, it's going to be competitive all the way uh, because it's like you said. Uh, I mean, Sharice Davis has been in four years now, and you can't really point to an accomplishment yeah. uh, through that process. Yeah, I mean the the strategy that they followed, uh, she and the folks that are that are backing her uh, have basically said, well, we'll, we'll raise money. Uh, they'll raise money in New York and California, and then do nice-sounding commercials about uh, about her, exactly. and and not getting out in the district, not working on issues, and and so uh, you know, last year or the last election cycle, uh, there was a contested five-way primary. Uh, so coming out of the primary, Amanda Adkins was uh, was short on money because uh, it was spent in the primary, so he didn't have that for the general election. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year's a different status, and and as well as you know, people are seeing. This is what policies get implemented, that Sharice Davids votes for what Biden wants. Right. And, and this is what we're seeing with the inflation and with no baby formula on the uh, on the store shelves and, and the debacle in Afghanistan. Man. Uh, yeah, it would be nice to see that one
1: flip. I am optimistic just in Candace's general, uh, in general. I mean, Derek Schmidt's done, I think, a heck of a job with his campaign as governor. The da- the, the down-ballot ticket that we see just Republicans in general between Scott Schwab and Chris Kobach and Derek Schmidt and everybody in our state legislative seats. I mean, Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, sees us gaining over 80, you know, having over 80 seats in the House as Republicans, more in the Senate. This could be the year to where we could get a massive Republican
5: wave just in Candace alone to really promote some great conservative ideas. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, uh, and, you know, the, when I look at it and I look up up and down on the ballot, I mean, there's not a Democrat on the ballot that I would vote for over yeah. the Republican that's out there. I mean, they, they don't have the The positions that they take, the policies that they advocate, are not good for Kansas. They're not good for the country, yeah. and so it's it's a real easy choice for people to look at that and say, you know, that that's not the direction we want our country to go in, uh, or want our state to go in. And so I think it's a real easy choice for people when they go in the, the ballot box to uh, to be able to vote and, and and let's let's get the country moving forward again. Let's make it happen. Yeah, we got just a couple minutes left here. I
1: got to add the last time we talked, I think it was before you guys passed the uh, continuing resolution to fund the government up until December. Seems to be kind of a uh, beating the dead horse here. We talk about this every year because you guys haven't passed a federal budget in a long time. But it was the same thing with additional funding. Now, as of this last weekend, we have the official student loan forgiveness program out there. Applications can actually start as well. Are we any any hope that we could get our budget under
5: control here? Because we haven't passed a budget in a while, and it would be nice to see one. There certain, certainly hasn't been the process over the last two years to... To uh, control spending or rein in spending <laughs> in any form or fashion, any form yeah. or fashion at all, and and it's kind of sad. It's it the 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 risk that we're putting the country at uh, by the debt that's being being promoted and, and being advocated, uh, and and part of that gets back to the policies and and how we approach that, yeah. and by not putting in uh, passing appropriations bills for the whole year. We can't set the right policies and the right priorities for what we're spending and, and manage that on a go-forward basis. And it gives too many opportunities for people to play political games. Uh, well, if you want me to vote for it, I'm, you have to do my pet project, even though the majority of people don't want your pet project. Uh, right. But uh, that's that's the games that they get into too much in Washington. And that, that's the thing that's really disappointing for me uh, in terms of that, that type of behavior.
1: Yeah, exactly. Last question for you. The momentum here for your campaign for Republicans in general here in South Central Kansas is great this week. I mean, uh, House Majority Whip Scalise coming to town uh, and doing a big fundraiser and talking to people. I mean, the fact that people are focused here in Kansas, I think that's encouraging. I
5: think that's exciting for us. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we're we're putting a lot of effort into. Uh, you know, Scalise uh, uh, Whip Scalise is coming here he, 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 uh, to help me. You know, last week I was out with uh, Leader McCarthy, uh, going visiting through uh, Missouri and Iowa and and Illinois, Minnesota, and, and helping uh, make sure we elect some of these great candidates. I love
1: it. So the whole campaign, the tour around the country, and you get to be part of that. So it's exciting that we're involved here in Kansas, that you're involved as in the campaign. I am so excited to see what November's going to hold.
5: Excellent. I look forward to it, too. Thanks for talking with me.
1: That, again, was Congressman Ron Estes from right here in the 4th Congressional District, and I am optimistic about him winning his re-election. Going to be a great time. His victory party for the county party and for his team. Uh, I'll be emceeing that one on election night, along with doing some radio updates for you right here on KQAM as well. So get ready for that. Right back here on Kansas Talk on KQAM. Welcome back into the program. It is Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. want to tell you about my friends over at Napoleon Appliance Repair. Brand new partner here on KQAM and on Kansas Talk. If you have any appliance issues, make sure to check them out. Don't go just buy a brand new piece of appliance. Don't do it. You don't need to. They can fix this stuff up. They're going to be back on the program with us here next week. So get ready for them. Looking forward to chatting with Mike and the team at Napoleon Appliance Repair. If you have any issues within the Wichita and South Central Kansas area, give them a call. 316-409-1525. Again, 316-409-1525. Also find them on their Facebook page at Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. They can get you fixed up. They can get you going. I'm definitely talking to them about my ice dispenser that seems to not want to dispense ice during the summertime, doesn't have a problem making ice during the wintertime. And I eat just as much ice during the winter as I do the summer. So it's not the fact that we use it more. It's just the fact that it hates me when it's hot. So (laughs) there's that. So I'm going to talk to them about that. But they'll be in studio next week. We'll look forward to chatting with them. Check them out. Napoleon Appliance Repair. They have years of experience, great years of experience, and you want to check them out for all of your appliance needs. All right, thanks again to Congressman Ron Estes coming on the program. We always love him to death and appreciate him very, very much. Him and his entire staff and team are absolutely wonderful, and I can't wait to help emcee their victory election night party uh, coming up on November 8th and be able to partner with them and work with them as much as we can. Anytime that they have stuff going on, we love getting them on the show and talking about what's going on. On the other hand... Now, you know me. This is difficult for me to say. You know me. I am very much too raw. unite as a Republican Party, vote Republican down the line, vote all the Republicans in, because even if they're mm, kind of moderate, it's still better in the general election to have a Republican held by Republican values and by Republican special interests than it is to have a Democrat in office. Our choice to decide what the party stands for is during the primary season. So by the general election, I'm usually just who raw. whatever the Republican Party is. However, there is one individual that has avoided me for seven years straight now on these airwaves. Now, for you know me, and if you've listened to me since the beginning of this, we started off with a midday show during the week on KQAM. Then we did a three-hour program during the mornings. Now, this local program's on Saturdays. But we've been on the air here on the KQAM airwaves, the largest radio market in the entire state of Kansas for just over seven years. August 1st of 2015 was the first time that we flipped on the microphone for the voice of reason. At that time, a local program, and now with Kansas Talk, our local program now on Saturdays. In these seven years, which I have now counted, is 2,637 days of being on the airwaves here in the Wichita area. Again, the largest radio market in the state of Kansas. As for the longest time, the only conservative talk show or talk radio program in the local area in the entire region now the biggest one but there is another host out there as well and we love him to death he's a good friend but we like to take little fun jabs at each other but still a prime time slot a show that gets really really good ratings and following thanks to you and this individual has still yet to come on to this program And it's frustrating. Now, it's not just about me. It's not about my ego having it on the program because, I mean, I don't care whether I talk to politicians or not. I'd like to get his message out and talk about different votes, talk about the agendas, talk about what's going on. So it's not just about me, but something else has come to light as well that's been very frustrating to me. And that is the fact that this individual, while campaigning and is on the ballot this year for the November 8th election, as a Republican, remind you, has not endorsed, supported associated with, campaigned with, or partnered with any other Republican in the state at all. And I'm talking about Jerry Moran, our U.S. Senator. He is up for election on the ballot. He did not join the Republican bus tour that had the Republican governor's candidate, secretary of state's candidate, attorney general's candidate, treasurer's candidate, any other statewide office did not join the bus tour. In fact, still had held events in the same towns as those Republican candidates on that bus tour, but did not associate with them and held his own separate event. Why? Why would the, and this is my big question, and this is the question for the Republican Party as well, why do we continue to support a candidate that does not support the Republican Party itself here in the state, does not campaign with them, does not work with them, and completely avoids them, does not go on a statewide bus tour, still holds events around the same areas, but doesn't even associate with them? Does that tell you something about the kind of guy that Jerry Moran is? So, I'm curious, and I've created a new segment on this show that we will continue to to badger this individual until he comes on this program. And as you know, we'd be very fair and very even kilter with him on the show, as we do with any other candidate or any other individual on the show, including Democrats, mind you, that we've had on the show many times before. I have now created a new segment on this show.
0: Yeah. Ooh, Well, she sneaks around the world from <laughs> the Kiev to Carolina. She's a sticky-fingered filter from Berlin down to Belize. She'll take you for a ride on a slow boat to China. Tell me where in the world
1: is Jerry Moran.
0: Steal their soul in South Korea. They can't let it cry right from of the Red Sea to Greenland. They'll be singing the blues. Well, they never are. Come from
1: the jungle, tell me. where in the world is Jerry Moran? There it is. I think about that sums it up. So the question is, where is Jerry Moran? When, he'll, when will he endorse a Republican? Hasn't even endorsed Derek Schmidt for governor in the state as the Republican, working with the rest of the Republican Party. Where is he? Why hasn't he worked with them? Why hasn't he come on the program to talk about his issues and actually answer questions? That's going to be the ongoing theme. 2,637 days that this individual has not come on this program to talk about these issues. Where in the world is Jerry Moran? And I, for myself, am considering for the first time leaving a box blank when I go to the ballot box in November because so I won't vote for the Democrats, but I'm questioning whether he's going to get my vote at all. Right back here on Candace Talk, right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. <laughs>
0: You're listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier.
1: Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today. As always, really happy to have this guy back on the program as we are getting down to the wire. A lot of things to talk about right now, both with Attorney General issues and we'll touch on the campaign here for a moment as well. But Kansas Attorney General, Mr. Derek Schmidt. Derek, how are you, my friend? doing great Andy. good to be back with you always good to chat with you my friend as we always do lots of things going on let's start off with some attorney general issues obviously you are on the campaign trail but still handling the office and working on some big legal cases here in the state which is always important uh, because there's a a lot of things that we seem to be trying to block from the biden administration they just don't let up do they 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 love to try to impose their will from the federal level and you're kind of that frontline barrier to stop some of that shenanigans aren't you Well,
6: that's exactly right, Andy. I mean, at the end of the day, the philosophy of these Biden Democrats, it is a centrally planned sort of philosophy. They believe in big government. They believe the path forward for the country is in more government decision-making, centralized in Washington, more government control of our lives, more spending of our money. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's just not right for Kansas. That's not the center of gravity of, of where most Kansans are. And so we push back and challenge those Biden decisions uh, whenever we have a legal basis to
1: do so. Yeah, well, we need to. I mean, one of them that's uh, been happening, unfortunately, is as they've been pushing this Green New Deal garbage, they passed the Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't really do anything about inflation but it does push the green new deal we had california just a a month or so ago that tried to tell them not to charge their new electric vehicles although they need to buy electric vehicles but they charge it then they're going to have blackouts so we can see how efficient and how well that that's actually worked out but now they're trying to put regulations on the highways including here in kansas what's going on with some of these
6: Yeah, you know, this whole Green New Deal approach, that's the the short tagline phrase. But at the end of the day, what this is about is, you know, there's this view on the political left that the Biden administration and its allies reflect uh, that government needs to push us off of fossil fuels and toward alternative energy. I mean, I'm a supporter of an all-of-the-above energy policy. I think markets move us that way. I think many people like and support alternative energy sources. I just don't think that the government ought to compel us to move from one to another. I think we move that way, uh, you know, as markets uh, dictate and as individuals make choices. Uh, But, you know, the Biden administration wants to compel all of that. And so because they can't get that through Congress, there's no way Congress is going to support that type of of, uh, diktat uh, instead, what they're doing is using all of these little uh, death by a thousand cuts administrative actions through federal agencies uh, to try to you know, have the effect of forcing canadians and, and, uh, and other Americans uh, to move to the energy future that Biden imagines. And so in order to do that now, they've come up with this uh, new approach related to highways uh, where they're trying to require that uh, emissions from the use of highways, in other words, driving, uh, hit you know a net zero by a certain date in the future. Once again, it's nothing more than a centrally planned uh, Biden administration mandate that they don't have the legal authority to do. That's trying to achieve this uh, this sort of utopian dream that they have of forcing Americans to move to these new, less reliable, more expensive energy sources. And so we're fighting back because at the end of the day, not only is this illegal. But it, it is terribly harmful to so many Kansas families who are already struggling under the Biden uh, uh, inflation, trying to pay their bills. And now they want to add more on by driving energy costs up. It's just it, it's illegal
1: and it's wrong. Yeah, it's it's insane that they would try and push us. How would they even regulate something like this, trying to say that we're going to have a net zero by, you know, for driving on the highway? And I'm assuming That like what a usual government program does and what government regulations do is at the end of the day, it's going to lead to some type of maybe mild tax or some additional tax to say if you are going over some type of carbon level for you driving on the highway that they're going to try and increase your taxes in some way, shape, or form to compensate for that. Because if you pay more money to the government, then all of a sudden your uh, carbon emissions just go down for some reason.
6: Yeah, apparently so. I mean, that's that's the thing. Once you start down this road of a centrally planned economy where bureaucrats in Washington and politicians in Washington make these decisions for all of us instead of letting us live our lives and move in the direction that we're persuaded to go and that we think makes good sense for us and for our families and for our futures, uh, then you wind up inevitably at the questions you're asking, which is all right. They've made the decision for us. They said, thou shalt. Now, how are they going to enforce it? It always leads back to the same sort of command and control approach.
1: Yeah, it is unfortunate. We're talking about Derek Schmidt, Kansas Attorney General, candidate for governor as well here in the state. Regarding some of those emissions, I mean, we see some new industry coming to the state of Kansas. We've talked about some of the hydrogen that's potentially coming here. We're seeing some of the plants building batteries for electric vehicles here in the state, which is good economically but is there a concern that there's going to be a big push for mandating some type of electric vehicles or a big push to try and... I mean, I don't know how it's going to work here in Kansas because we have a lot of agriculture. We have a lot of big trucks. We have a lot of big tractors. We have a lot of people that haul a lot of heavy things. And from what I've seen, those electric trucks just aren't efficient enough. So is it going to be a while before we see some of that really come to the state?
6: Well, you know, again, I think that... The you know, there are people who are interested in moving toward electric vehicles, and that's certainly fine. That's an individual choice. I just think that it has to remain an individual choice where uh, consumers and, and Kansans mm-hmm. and people out in the marketplace ultimately decide the path forward, not where you have this sort of government command. And and the risk of a government command is very real in this space. I mean, look at what's happened in California. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the the sort of bizarre uh, contrast that they had just a month or two ago where on, on one day they said, we got to move to electric vehicles in California. And on the next day they said, don't plug in your electric vehicles because our power grid can't support it. But then, you know, along came the government in California and declared that by 2035, they are going to uh, require all new vehicles sold in their state to be electric. Now you have uh New York following suit and several other states looking at that. You know, we had a debate in, in the governor's race recently where, uh, both the, the current governor, Democrat Kelly, and I were asked, uh, would you support in Kansas uh, this California approach of requiring only new electric vehicles be sold in your state by 2035? For me, that was easy. Of course, the answer is no. Uh, wouldn't support that kind of government mandate. My father wouldn't even answer the question. She never did. Uh, She left the door open for it, which I think is just wrong for Kansas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. On the federal level as well, before we kind of shift gears to the state uh, here, uh, you're part of, obviously, one of the lawsuits going up against the student loan forgiveness program You're one of six or seven that have uh, started that that lawsuit against the federal government. At the same time, though, the Biden administration did open up the application process last weekend uh, to start submitting applications for that student loan forgiveness. How is the lawsuit going right now? Now, and what do we anticipate this could do? Is it going to slow the process? Will it stop the application process or the student loan forgiveness, or what could we see coming out of this?
6: Well, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Uh, This is another example of the Biden administration uh, launching an obvious election year program gimmick designed to to curry favor and votes with uh, some folks and paying for it with large amounts of taxpayer money. And we just don't think the president of the United States has the authority to essentially spend these hundreds of millions of dollars without authorization from, uh, from Congress. So that's the legal challenge. We're just challenging the president's authority to do what he has done. Obviously, time is important, as you point out. Uh, ultimately, the court is going to decide the timing here. We can't control that. We filed our lawsuit. We have asked for a preliminary injunction or temporary injunctive relief. In other words, we've asked the court to step up and put this whole thing on hold until the legal issues get sorted out. Uh, The court at some point will rule on that request, and that will give us an indication of how to move forward. Um, But all we can do is fight the fight that's in front of us. The bottom line, it is just fundamentally unfair for so many Americans, so many Kansans who made the decision either not to go to college, because of cost, or not to go to college for a different reason, uh, or to go to college and pay their uh, own way as opposed to borrowing money, pay their way immediately, or to borrow money and then pay off their own loans. It's fundamentally unfair to all of those people for their government now to step in and say, but we're going to pay off uh, some of the loans for this select group of other folks. And by the way, you folks who, who uh, you know, made your own decisions and paid your own way, you're essentially going to pay for us. To pay off these other folks loans because we're going to use your tax dollars to do it. It, it it is fundamentally unfair and it's beyond the authority of the president of the united states
1: well i mean exactly it's not only unfair for the private market for those that paid them off on their own or didn't even take out student loans because they worked their way through college but like you said i mean the constitutionality of this i don't know when the fourth branch that bureaucratic branch of federal government started to say you know what This is how much money we're going to spend. And oh, by the way, Congress, who has the power of the purse, you're not going to have a whole lot of say in this process. We're just going to do it. That doesn't make any sense to me.
6: Uh, It doesn't make any sense, and I don't think it's lawful. That's why we're in court challenging
1: it. Yeah, and I think I'm sensing a little bit of desperation from them when they opened up the beta form of their applications online. While these lawsuits are going on, instead of saying, you know what, hold on, let's wait for the legalities to come out. Let's decide whether this is okay or do it the right way before they start accepting applications, so I think they're trying to ram it through as much as possible before they potentially get stopped, which to me is an indication maybe that they're anticipating this to get stopped.
6: Well, that may well be. Uh, I think they're also trying to ram it through before the election because, again, as I say, I I think a lot of this is motivated by election year politics, (laughs) uh, not by any sort of you know straight-up assessment
1: of the president's legal authority. Yeah, that is very true. We're talking with Derek Schmidt, Kansas Attorney General, candidate for governor as well. Let's bring it to the statewide level. We've been seeing lots of news reports lately on fentanyl issues and uh, deaths and overdoses and the amount of fentanyl coming to the state and different drug busts that are going on around the state as well. Uh, Child deaths have been on the rise because a lot of these are young adults and young teenagers or older teenagers that are doing this stuff. Where are we on this, and what are we doing to try and battle some of this fentanyl uh, opioid crisis here in the state
6: well we're, we're doing a lot andy but we need to be doing more you know at the end of the day it's uh, supply and demand uh, just to be perfectly blunt about it uh, there is a tremendous demand for um, opioid products in kansas as there is in the country in part that's because of 20 plus years of deceptive marketing by many of the major drug companies that wanted to sell prescription pharmaceuticals opioids in order to make money, and uh, they used all sorts of deceptive marketing that resulted in over-prescribing and in some number of folks becoming addicted to those products. We're holding those companies accountable. We brought lawsuits against many of them. We've settled many of those lawsuits. We're bringing more than $200 million back to Kansas alone, and we've worked with the legislature, Republicans and Democrats, to make sure those recoveries are dedicated to demand reduction going forward, dealing with addiction here in the state and trying to drive down the demand uh, for opioid products uh, uh, of all sorts uh, in the illicit market. So we're working on that side of the equation but the problem is that's a you know that's a slow curve that's going to be a commitment over time to try to make a difference. And meanwhile you have a lot of folks out there in the marketplace who are addicted to opioid products uh, or who otherwise want to try them and not surprisingly on the supply side, there are always folks who want to make money meeting that demand in the black market. Right now those folks tend to be, uh, branches of the Chinese Communist Party that manufacture most of the precursor chemicals for this specific synthetic opioid called Sentinel. They now are in partnership with the cartels in Mexico. They ship those products. Mexico, where the cartels assemble them into all sorts of different final products, smuggle them across Biden's open southern border, and distribute them in our communities here. They do it to make money. They want more people addicted, so they continue to buy these products. But the the additional problem that uh, results from fentanyl in particular is that it is a deadly poison. A tiny, tiny amount, The, the amount of a few grains of salt, is enough to kill a human being. And so, you know, fentanyl is different in nature from a lot of the other drug addiction or opioid addiction in particular, problems we've dealt with for many years. It kills people at a higher rate. On average, we're losing one Kansan's life per day to opioid poisoning, to fentanyl poisoning in particular. And so, you know, we've got to have an all of the above approach. We've got to continue to deal with the demand side as we are. But we also have to have help in in closing and sealing the southern border of the United States. That porous border has allowed these international bad actors, international criminal organizations to flood this deadly product uh, into our communities, uh, and it's killing folks. And so, you know, we have to do both. And sadly, uh, the Biden administration and their allies, they've just folded the tent in terms of border security, and it's... uh, It's a disaster for us here
1: in the country. Yeah, that's right where I wanted to go with it was how much of it is coming from this open southern border right now. Is that the majority of what's being imported here in the black market, or is it being produced here in the state of Kansas as well?
6: Nearly all of the fentanyl in particular, that one synthetic opioid, nearly all of it uh, is produced uh, uh, outside the country, as I described, and brought into and distributed within the country. And, you know, the thing is it gets distributed in lots of different ways. When I say the cartels package up, uh, what is usually a Chinese-manufactured uh, chemical, into different products. I mean, sometimes they bring it into the form, you know, this is fentanyl. Yeah. But other times, they lace other products or other drugs with it. So somebody goes out and buys on the black market a, a, an Adderall tablet or whatever it may be, uh, thinking that they're, you know, they shouldn't be doing that in the first place. You ought, If you're going to get a controlled substance, get a proper prescription, get it at the pharmacy. Yeah. But I, you know, I understand people do these things. And so they go out and buy something that they think is a, a relatively innocuous uh, illegal drug, and it turns out it's got a few grains of fentanyl in it and it winds up killing them. And that, that's how a lot of this uh, drug overdose poisoning with fentanyl occurs. And sometimes it's, it's not by the intentional ingestion of fentanyl. It's by the nature of the distribution that uh, that the cartels engage in. It's terribly tragic. And uh, we've got to continue to work to get out in front of this thing because the, the bad actors involved here, the cartels and the Chinese, they are going to continue to push it as long as they have an avenue to.
1: Yeah, it's heartbreaking to see what it's doing to the communities around the state of Kansas and the country overall, and it's something that we need to address. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit to the campaign. we got just a couple minutes left here with Derek Schmidt, Kansas Attorney General, candidate for governor as well. I watched all the debates that you and the uh, current governor, Laura Kelly, had. I love the fact that she's kind of shifted gears a little bit to campaign almost as a Republican of limited government cutting taxes and trying to limit the uh, size of government spending. It sounds like she's trying to pretend to be, I don't know, a Republican. <laughs>
6: Well, look, uh, Laura Kelly is not a middle-of-the-road person, and she is way out of step with most Kansans. Truth of the matter, she's in lockstep with this Biden-Democrat mentality coming out of D.C. She just doesn't want Kansans to notice it, at least until the election is over. Uh, she accomplished very little in the first three years of her administration. Now it's the election year. She's you know talking a lot more like a Republican act like a middle-of-the-road person, trying to get some things done to point to. But the fact of the matter is, Uh, She is not representative of where most Kansans are. We know Kansas can do so much better. We're providing a good conservative alternative, and we're going to win this election on November the 8th because Kansans understand uh, that our future can be so much brighter
1: than what the last four years indicate. Yeah, you guys did your big Republican bus tour just a week or so ago, traveling around the state. What kind of response did you get? Did you get some good feedback, and what are you hearing on the streets right now? I've been helping out some of the state representatives around the Wichita area here, and I tell you, I've seen more activism and people engaged, wanting to put out signs, wanting to talk to us than I've seen in a long time. Are you getting kind of the same feel across the rest of the state?
6: Yes, I am, Andy. There's a lot of good support. There was enthusiasm in the crowds at the bus tour all over the state from our smallest stops, smallest towns to our biggest cities. We had a great turnout in Wichita when we were there. Uh, Look, folks have started to focus really intently on the fall election. They understand that this country and this state are off track. The majority of Kansans really strongly disagree with this Biden Democrat philosophy that has always spend more, bigger government, more centralized control, less liberty. Uh, they understand that there is a strong connection between the current governor we have in Kansas in the in the, uh, in the governor's office and this national philosophy. She just sort of ducks down and hopes not to get noticed. But at the end of the day, it's the same gut: big government, big spending. Uh, government-knows-best sort of philosophy, and you lay over the top of that the principal concerns that I hear everywhere in the state, the worry that uh, folks are having more and more trouble paying their bills because of inflation, higher prices, much of which uh, goes back directly to this big government philosophy uh, from both Washington and Topeka, that is tax and spend more, drive up prices, uh, make people fall behind in their wages. Uh, We hear a whole lot about uh, concern about the education of our kids, the continued damage from the lockdowns and lockouts that our current governor imposed on so many families. And it wasn't just in the spring of 2020. She tried to continue it uh, uh, well into the future. Fortunately, the State Board of Education stopped her. Uh, But so much damage to the mental health of our kids, to their educational achievement. Uh, and uh, you know really damage to the public school system. More than 15,000 kids have left the public system over the last four years, in part because of their parents, their families who have to be first uh, in the education of the next generation. Uh, they've just said enough. we have to go do something else as tragic as that may be. And we hear a whole lot from folks about public safety and community safety, including the fentanyl issue that uh, we've already talked about And including the idea that one thing you always need a governor to do dealing with fentanyl, dealing with public safety generally, is to stand up and back the honorable men and women in law enforcement. Uh, The folks who put on the uniform and they respond to that call for help at 2 in the morning, they need to know each and every day that their governor has their backs. Uh, They know I do and they know that our current governor does not. She's just meek on these issues at best and often critical of law enforcement unnecessarily. And so, uh, look, we're hearing those things. We're responding to them. We're following Kansas' lead because that's what leaders do. Uh, you, in a democratic system, you figure out what uh, the people are most concerned about and need, and then you lead in terms of addressing those issues. And I'm, I'm very, very uh,
1: feeling very, very good about where we are. We just got to finish strong, and Kansas will do so much better. Amen to that. I love it. We're seeing other states with some of the record turnout for early voting. Hopefully that's a good sign for us, and uh, I think with Kansas now with opening up early voting, we're going to see some of the same stuff as well with some of the activism going on out there. And we have an opportunity to really drive home and shift gears a little bit with a more conservative legislature and a Republican governor and across the down-ballot ticket as well. And I'm excited to see it. It's Derek Schmidt, Kansas Attorney General, candidate for governor as well. This may be one of the last times we've talked to you on the air before the election. So good luck on the campaign trail, my friend. Hopefully we can get you in studio one time before uh, the election as you come back down to the Wichita area. But, Derek, good luck, my friend. Let's talk again here real soon.
4: Thanks, Eddie. Great to be with you. Talk to you soon.
1: Welcome back into the program. Boy, this show goes by way too fast. Good golly, didn't even get a chance to talk about other issues, didn't get a whole lot of chance to talk to you as well. But thanks again to all of our great guests on the program. We had Congressman Ron Estes kick off this hour, also Derek Schmidt that we just wrapped up with. We appreciate him. And you know what? While a certain senator hasn't endorsed him, obviously we need to get a Republican in there to stop the shenanigans and the insanity from this Democrat Laura Kelly agenda. So you know what? Hopefully we can see that red ticket ballot across the board happen and actually get some conservative things done in this state that is for us today good golly coming up right around the corner it is the weekend with michael brown here on kqam we're back at it again next weekend. next week in the 29th is halloween weekend we may have a treat for you for halloween take a break from politics for just a minute at the same time we'll get you geared up for what other issues are on the ballot and what to look forward to moving forward in this state. This is Candace Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker KQEM. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you back on the radio Monday for the national broadcast of The Voice of Reason. Until then,
4: this is Kansas Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.